Thanks for joining us in our living room for family Christmas, and uh, glad that you rolled up. Hope you have a Bible in hand. Open it up to Luke chapter 1. We're going to, as a family, read through the Christmas story. We're grateful to have you guys join us, and then back to your festivities, uh, whatever your family does for Christmas. But I just wanted to say before I get started, Merry Christmas to you from our family, to your family from ours, and... uh, to you, if you're visiting from our church family, uh, Merry Christmas. We're glad that you're here. Um, if you are visiting with, the fir- uh, with us for the first time, just want to ask you, uh, come, come meet some people at guest reception. We have a gift for you and so on and so forth. And we're just really glad that you would come on Christmas and, and join with us in this. So um, as we open our Bibles, uh, just think of a couple things here. Uh, grateful for the opportunity to be together on Christmas. This doesn't happen every year, eh? get to be here on Christmas Day. This is a real uh, blessing and a treat. And Christmas is the time that we choose to celebrate Jesus Christ's birth. And uh, as we celebrate Jesus coming to earth, living, breathing, dying, and then risen again, uh, it means a lot more to us, his birthday, doesn't it? And so we choose this time to celebrate. And um, as I think back, as I think back and contemplate long ago, that day, that first night, that first Christmas, they didn't even call it Christmas that day. Um, I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how the people responded to the story unfolding. And uh, I think I've read this so many times that I just kind of scoot by it. And I'm not really amazed by it anymore. And I, I don't really, you know, I'm not penetrated by it or pierced by it. And so I thought we might just take some extended time and just relax and slow down. I know there's a lot on our minds and presence and different things and family. But I thought we might just read the story together. And I want to encourage you to respond to Jesus as well this Christmas, right? I want you to respond to him and to remember and consider the good news. How Jesus Christ's coming is ridiculously good news for each and every one of us. So let's pray. Father God, I'm grateful um, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth in the flesh, humbly, it says in Philippians 2, took on flesh to live for us, to die for us, to save us from ourselves, from our sins. You are amazing, God, and we're really, really grateful for all that you're doing. Would you continue to work today as we read um, the scriptures and as we uh, interact with one another May we be interacting with the scriptures in such a way that it penetrates our heart. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So uh, you noticed my couch here. I thought we would just bring over the couch. Is that cool? And uh, I invited my family up here. Um, I'll introduce them to you. This is my wife, Kimberly, and my oldest son, Noah. And uh, Tate's the next oldest. He's 12. And then Levi's eight, and Kara is our only baby girl. So she's spoiled. And she's six. And then we have another little one. He's in children's ministry. Uh, so uh, his, his name's Quinn, and, and he has Down syndrome, actually. Otherwise, we'd probably have him up here, but may, we, you don't know how that will go. So you just have no idea. It would be really good or really bad. So uh, we're grateful to be here, and I've asked them to help me. And so it all starts here in the Bible. So let's just look at Luke chapter 1. I'm going to ask uh, Noah and Kara to read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And I'm going to ask you all to follow along, and especially kids, pay close attention, listen, read along, because uh, I'm going to be asking some questions, and I want you to 
have some good answers, especially who are the main characters in the story, okay? All right, go ahead, Noah. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said to the angel, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we have uh, some characters, some main players in the story. And I just want to ask these guys and, and you guys as well, if you, if you want to interact, uh, who, are, who, are the, who are the main people in the story, guys? Okay, the angel, what's his name? Gabriel. And then who else? Okay, you got Mary in the story. And one last person keeps showing up all the time. Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ. So everybody, what do we, what do we learn about Gabriel? What do we learn about him? We learn that he's sent from God to be a messenger of good news. He's got good news for you. He's got good news for me. I love that. And then Mary, what do we see there about Mary, guys? You see there that she's favored, that she's a virgin, right? She's pure. She's kept herself. She asks good questions. She asks good questions. That's correct. And she's, she's very discerning that way. She asks good questions, and yet, do you see that she's confused? She's like, I don't have all the picture, but I'm just going to go with this. And so she's full of faith. And she says, I'm your servant. I'll do what you ask. And then Jesus shows up. What are the words that it describes Jesus with? He's most high, son of the most high. He's great. He's holy. His throne will be uh, forever. He will reign forever. He's the son of God. I want you just to look at verse 37. Look at what it says there. For nothing will be impossible with God. So the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes or if you're just coming here to lock this in your brain. Have courage. Have courage at Christmas. You know, Christmas is a, is a tough time for some people. Death of a loved one this year, facing a trial. It seems like the holidays can be a lonely time. Um, and I think it takes courage to remember who it is that we find our identity in, who it is that we feel love and grace and forgiveness from. And everybody, you know, 
one another's, that's great. And we want to be in community. We're here at church on Sunday. That's really good. But we have to bring it all back to the God with which nothing is impossible. So I want you to take courage, to have courage. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. So whatever you're facing right now, whatever challenge you have in your life this Christmas, take courage, have courage. Nothing's impossible with Jesus Christ. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Whatever it is you're facing, um, it's less of a miracle than a virgin birth, right? I mean, that's a one-time deal, never happening again. It's breaking every law of nature. That's what a miracle really is. God, in miraculous fashion, beyond our comprehension, was calling us all to himself with the impossible. I love that about God, that he's redeeming us. Nothing's impossible with Jesus Christ. Take courage. Then the second thing, uh, I'm going to ask Tate and Levi to read Matthew. Flip over to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Go ahead, Tate. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Not only is the birth of Jesus Christ miraculous, now you see God protecting the perfect plan to come and save us. Joseph could have ditched out, but then the whole prophecies would have been unfulfilled. Joseph is from the line of David. And even though Jesus didn't have a biological father because of the Holy Spirit, he needed a legal father. And that father had to be from the lineage of David, the line of David. And so you see how God is protecting his perfect plan, just like he's protecting us even now. So the main characters in this story, who is it, kids? Joseph. Joseph, yep. And, and who else? We got an angel again. They keep popping up everywhere. I think God wants to do something. And then who else? Jesus, right? The main character of the story. So what do we learn about Joseph? He's compassionate. He's a just man. He's compassionate. He's loving. He, he doesn't want to just take her out and stone her. He could have, but he wants to put her away privately. He wants to believe her story, but it's really hard because it breaks all laws of nature. It's never happened before. It's hard to believe that story. And then you see at the end, he's obedient. He's, he's willing to do the right thing. He's pure in that way. What do you see the angel doing in the story, guys? 
Yep, he's bringing the good news. He's a messenger of good news. But I want you to see the tone. Joseph, son of David, don't fear, right? So gentle. Angels, they're big and powerful and scary, right? People get scared by them, but he's so gentle and he's so loving. And yet he's giving direction. He's explaining, this is what God's doing. You need to know this. And by the way, you, this is gonna happen. She will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. This will happen. And I love how God is directing the whole story. Bring in the good news. And then Jesus, what does it say about Jesus? He's going to save his people from their sins. And he's conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? And he'll be born. It's a for sure deal. So look at verse 21. Just, just this is, really sticks out as the major part of this passage. For he will save his people from their sins. So not only have courage, but this second thing, if you could remember, find comfort. Find comfort. Jesus came to save me from myself. You go, myself? Yeah, my sin nature. I was born with it. The day I was born, I was crying for a bottle or doing something crazy like me, 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 you know? If you've had kids, you understand what I'm talking about. And uh, it just helps me know how selfish I am to have kiddos and uh, find comfort. Jesus came to save me for myself. He came to save me from me. So it's kind of hard. It's just kind of a fun day you want to celebrate, right? But before we get to that part, you kind of got to deal with your sin, don't you? Kind of got to be like, yeah, I am kind of selfish, Kind of think about presents. I hope I get the best one. I hope I get the one that I want. Hope it's in the biggest box, right? And so we just have this nature in us, this way about us. We were born with it because Adam sinned and passed it on to us. That we want what we want. But I want you to find comfort in the fact that that whole thing, that whole broken nature we have, can be healed and restored by the baby Jesus. He can, it can be healed and restored. Find comfort in the fact that Jesus came. This is the one and only reason he came, to save me from myself, all right? Hold on to that as you go throughout this Christmas. So have courage, find comfort in the story of Jesus Christ and his birth. And then I'm gonna ask Kimberly to help me read Luke, back to Luke, chapter two. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, we'll, we'll finish up with that. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Did that scare you? No, it just gave me a headache. All right. And the angel said to them, 
Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, let's, let's read this together. It's on the screen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go. I love that. Let us go. I'm ready. Over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So main characters in this part, uh, again, we see the angels, right? All right, and who's the new character? Anybody got it? Shepherds, shepherds, and then Jesus. So the angels are a messenger from the Lord. They're, they're bringing good news. There's lots of them this time. Starts with one and goes to many. They all want to get on the action, right? They're like, no, 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 no. Don't just send him. Send all of us. We all want to say it. The celebration in heaven must have overflowed to earth. And they're bringing great joy for the Savior, who is Christ, is the Messiah. I want you to get that. As I've read the Christmas story again and again and again this week, I'm not sure if Mary knew before that the Messiah was to be born, but I know she knew then. When the shepherds came and said, this is the Messiah. This is the Savior. This is the Christ. This is the anointed one. This is the one the prophets proclaimed and the one we've been seeking. It's all clear. That's why she's pondering it. That She's going, whoa, this is bigger than I thought. This was crazy before. But now, this is just amazing. And I love that, that part, that the angels make it very clear to the shepherds. This is how you're gonna know. It must have been different to find a, a baby in a feeding trough in a manger, right? Because they say that's how you're going to know it's him. He's going to be wrapped in swallowing clothes and he's going to be laying in a feeding trough. Once in a lifetime deal, I guess. They found the right kid and uh, it was Jesus. And they told Mary and Joseph, this is how we know it's the Messiah. Because of this unique thing. And it's interesting how God brings it all together. What were the shepherds doing, guys? What were they doing? Yeah. So they're watching over their sheep. What else? They were filled with great fear. So I love this about the shepherds. They're working on Christmas, right? They're working on Christmas Day, and, and some people are working on Christmas Day. They're not here. I was texting with some of those people and thanking them for doing that, especially in this clinic area, right, in, in Mayo Clinic. 
A lot of, a lot of people have to work. But typically, it's just the gas stations that are open, right? <laughs> These guys are gas station workers. They're just, they're just average Joes. And they're shepherds, but they're diligently keeping their watch over their flocks. They're diligently, you know, doing their job and doing it well. And it just reminds me that until Jesus comes back, that's what we're to do. We're to be shepherds. We're to care for the flock. And we're to diligently keep working until he comes back to take us to be with him forever. I want to be a shepherd in that way. Filled with awe and reverence of what God's doing what his story is and how it's unfolding. And then there's Jesus. What do you hear about Jesus in here, guys? Give me one, Tate. What do you got about Jesus in here? Um, he's a savior. What else? He's lying in a manger. What else? He's Christ the Lord. He's the Messiah. Christ means Messiah. Messiah means anointed. He's the anointed one. He's the one all the prophets are talking about. He's the one we were waiting for. For hundreds of years, 400 years, God's been silent. We haven't had a prophet for that long. For hundreds of years, we've been waiting for this one moment, and it's here. So I thought I just got to ask you, right, right now, what are you waiting for today? What are you, like, anxious about? What are you waiting for? Like, I can't wait to get out of here and get to some presents. Are you thinking about that? (laughs) I'm kind of thinking about that. We're waiting for it, right? We're waiting, we're waiting. What are you waiting for? What are you anticipating? What are you expecting? And I've just been really convicted. You don't have to be, but I have been about you know, I'm waiting for a church building or I'm waiting for this or I'm waiting for more people to come or I'm waiting for people to get saved or I'm waiting for people to get baptized or I'm waiting. But what should I really be waiting for, right? Should really be waiting and thinking all the time in my head, you know what? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back and it'll be just as astounding as the first night when he came and it could happen in my lifetime and I want to be ready and I want to be, you know, I want to be a shepherd. I want to be seeking him and and going after it and wise men getting after it, right? I don't want to be the religious leaders of the day who heard about it and didn't even go, didn't even take the journey for a few miles to Bethlehem to see if it was true. How we respond makes a big difference. And I want to be waiting for Jesus Christ to return. So this last verse, verse 10, look at it. It says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So this third thing is easy, easy. Let's celebrate. Let's have an amazing Christmas together here and out with our families. And let's just be stoked about Jesus, you know, he's done all this in my life and he saved me from my sins and he, he's here again today and his spirit's refining me and growing me and I'm, I'm not the person I'm gonna be, but by God's grace, I'm gonna be better tomorrow and it's all, it's all going in the right direction. That gives us a lot of celebration. So let's celebrate. Jesus brings great joy and it's for all people. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I don't feel very joyful and I'm not very excited about Jesus, then I would just say, here's a different C word for you. I want you to contemplate the Christmas story. Because God did something in such a supernatural way, virgin birth. God held the plan together 
in such an astounding way, sending an angel to Joseph to say, hey, no, 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 stay in the relationship. Take Mary. Do right by her. And God brought shepherds to the manger scene to declare this is the Messiah. God did all of this for one reason, to get our attention so that we could see that Jesus Christ is God, that he's the Savior of the world, and that he's the Savior of me. I just think, contemplate that. And if you contemplate that and you come to a moment of decision, then join us in that celebration, right? Where you're like, Jesus, he's amazing. And I just can't wait to see him again. Let's all get to that point this Christmas. We're like, just can't wait. The best present would be if Jesus showed up today. That would be the best thing. Not anything I put on my list, just Jesus. He he was born, he lived, he died, and he rose again. And we're spreading the good news of joy to everyone. So Jesus Christ came, humbly as a baby, to save you and me.